Welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5C.consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. All right, welcome everybody. My name is Greg Ballard, your host here on the Adaptive Executive. And I have a very, very special guest with me, Gigi McMillan. She's the founder of Camisol Style and Image Consultancy and going to be one of the newest parts of the 5C team. We're so excited to have her and her expertise. And I wanted to invite her uh, for a very specific conversation. And so we're going to dive right into that. But Gigi, welcome. And we're so glad to have you here today. I'm excited to be here, Greg. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So tell me, as an image consultant, uh, tell me the work that you do and how you help help people in executive leadership spaces. Yes. Well, as an image consultant, interpersonal stylist, um, I take the beauty of uh, life goals, achievement, and then I mix it with their personal presence and how to make their personal presence more effective in any environment. Because as you can imagine, nowadays there's so many different types of um, community, communities and corporate interests that are cross-mingling amongst one another. So you have different people that are going in uh, spaces that they're learning new, they're learning from one another and how to be able to adapt yourself in each one of those um, uh, uh, categories and that is unique to you, authentic to you, but also memorable by others. I love it. So one of the themes, and, and this is uh, one of the key reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you, Gigi, is uh, in some of the past episodes, and if you've been listening to our podcast for the last few months, you there's been a theme that when we talk about to be an adaptive executive, to be able to somebody to, to be have the awareness of being able to pivot where you need to, uh, there's a, a, a certain level of, of personal insight, of self-awareness that is necessary. And, and Gigi, that is the work you do. You are really exceptional at helping people kind of figure that out and sort through that. And maybe you can talk a little bit about your process and, and the work that you do there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's first is self-awareness, whether it's for your personal growth or your professional growth. Uh, self-awareness is so very important. And I, and I call it self-care because after, if you think about COVID and the disconnect that we had with one another and for so many months, uh, we had to sit with ourselves quite a bit. And when you sit with yourself in that quiet space and you're still working, but it's a lot more space for you to sit with yourself, you, you if you took advantage of the time, uh, you learn more about yourself. You found out that you may be more creative than you were before, or you may be more um, intuitive about how you feel about certain issues. And being very self-aware that is a way for no matter what industry is personal or professional is the stages when you go through an important evaluation and about your goals, 
um, your interpersonal skills and style and the strengths that you have and weaknesses. And we hear about this in business, right? But we also have not really stopped to adapt that in our personal styles because we're used to adapting to what the community or an employer needs. And it, it becomes easy because we're taught that. We're taught that in school, we're taught that in college, but to really sit back and to be to say, you know what? I'm an attorney, but you know what? I really, really want to be, um, let's say an artist. I want to be the next Van Gogh. And <laughs> if that lights you up, then what do you need to do to get there? Because there are a lot of people that went to, you know, uh, that went to college for one thing, but when they found out and they really started diving into the profession, they found out they wanted to do something else, whether it's for, you know, professional reasonings or whether it's for a hobby and it's something that's going to bring life into their professional career. So it's really diving into yourself. Yeah. And, 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 and in some cases it may be a huge course correction, right? It may be like, okay, I'm going to make a huge course correction, put a plan together. In other cases, it may be, Hey, I need to just find some space to, to scratch the itch for lack of a better expression. And I need to find a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my wife loves art and, and she does lots of crafts with her children, but she really would like to be able to set up a little studio and do some artwork. And so for now, it's, it's sip and paint, right? It's sip and paint um, activities. And I work a lot personally, just to share with you, I, I work a lot in people in strategy space, as you know. And so I'm often thinking about things at a very high level, uh, thinking strategically, thinking big picture. Uh, but I find like I do have a little bit of propensity to detail, but where do I get to apply it? It's when I'm doing something with my kids because there's no there's no real outcome here, right? But I get to focus and I get to do something and can be very, very precise and I find an outlet for it. And so, or it could be some shade of any of that, right? When you identify the thing that lights you up, the thing that moves you, mm -hmm. the, the next question is how do you incorporate it into your world? Well, just like you do any other strategic plan, you find your style, right? Mm -hmm. Find your style in it. And style, you know, is attributed to, some people say fashion, but when I talk about style, I'm talking about a distinctive manner in the way that you do something. And you find that by anchoring the who you are and asking yourself those hard questions. Um, what is it that I really wanna do? What are my barriers? How can, what is the roadmap? What roadmap do I need to align out to get there? And you know what? I like to tell people in the beginning, do not get anyone else's opinion. Go deep, get mm -hmm. put on your own. Because if you start asking questions, well, do you think I'm great at this? Or what do you think about my artistic um, combination of colors here? When you ask those questions outside of yourself before you settle on them, then you know what happens? Your mind may shift. It shifts and it tells you, well, you're right. Maybe I should not have, um, you know, thought that I could be artistically. Um, it's no longer yours. It's no longer yours, right? It's no longer yours. Right. And so um, there's a few things I wanna to touch on and, and I, I don't wanna to jump too much, but I wanna to get to the judgments that we make in the first seven seconds. I wanna to get to that. But first I want to 
I want to unpack what are some key questions that somebody that you may ask a, a client or they could ask themselves to help unpack, you know, their style, their, who, who they are, that create that self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Because we know that from a leadership perspective, when you have clarity on who you are, on what works for you, mm -hmm. you are more effective leader yeah. and you are better equipped to make a to, to to adapt and to pivot when necessary rather than um being forced to do so on someone else's you know agenda exactly so what are some key questions we can ask ourselves to get some of that clarity the key questions are would be doing a self-analysis test okay so mm -hmm. analysis is taking all of your pros Nothing that has to do with your children, your husband, your wife, your career, none of that. Whether it is throwing platform, I can change. As far as the way I, my actions, the way that I, um, my thinking process. And so a lot of times when you say, oh, I don't think I can change these traits. You know, you can, you really can. If you focus on them one at a time maybe two, you know, and mm -hmm. be very intentional with that. So sitting back and taking assessment of who you are and how you want to move forward. And people may think that, oh my goodness, that how is this really, who has the time for this right now? The world is opening back up. Who has the time for this? Well, if you don't make the time for anything, then it's never going to be there. And we are the most important people because I always like to tell people, if you don't, when you get on the airplane, they tell you to put your gas mask on first. Because if you don't do that, <laughs> you cannot help anyone else. Yeah, and I want to touch on this because, um, you know, look, we all have the same amount of time in the day. That's right. What we need to do, and I, and I, this comes up on every conversation, is prioritization, right? We. We prioritize one thing over another. Um, a lot of times, you know, we like to prioritize everything. That's not having a priority list. There are a few things that are going to come in front of getting to know who you are, in my opinion, especially if you're on a development track. So if you're saying, I don't have time, then you're saying it's not important to know. And if you've never done any of this work, I cannot stress anymore how important this work is to your own success and to your own advancement. And so if you know who you are and you're comfortable in it, then maybe this is not as important for you. Exactly. All right. Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe you could get a little bit more out of it if you, if you, if you go through the process. But if you are, if you find yourself going with what other people recommend, okay? You know, I, I, the, the, the movie, the, the, you remember The Runaway Bride, Richard Gere and, um, um, oh, Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. The Runaway Bride. And in the, in the whole thing, she always ordered the eggs the way her um, fiance, fiance would order them. Yeah. She didn't know how she liked her own eggs because she defaulted to everybody else. And if there's a, if that's something, if that characterizes you in some way, then this, I think, is a very high priority 
process for you. I agree. And you know what? There, when we grew growing up, we were always taught to care for others, to take other people's emotions and the way that they feel into consideration. And as a mother, you know, we mothers, we have to really think about the entire family. And especially when you have little kids. So mothers will say, where do I find the time? Just like you said. And the thing is, is that where do they get the time just to be? Even mm -hmm. when you have little kids, because it is very important for us not to crash and burn or stay at home dads, the same thing. So if we identify what is important to us, like you said, and make room for it, reach out to your family, let them know, you know what, I really, really need to go and paint and sip with my girlfriends on at least, at least once a month or play, play bridge with my family members and my grandma and my, and my, my aunts and uncles. Those things are important to me. So if we, if we don't do that, we find ourselves losing ourselves. And this is the kicker. When that happens, and I've talked to plenty of people, especially women, when their children grow up and they're going off to college, there's a lot of graduations and all of that going on right now. They're going off to college and they get the, the last child out. They say, what am, what am I supposed to do now? The emptiness syndrome. Exactly. What am I supposed to do now? So it's even little children will, will take note when it's mommy's time for her bath. If we teach them that, and that makes us better parents. Or when dad is reading the paper, oh, that's daddy's time. And it really starts from there. And you know what it also teaches them? I need to prioritize myself at a younger age instead mm -hmm. of selecting what my fiance selects to eat and saying, well, what do you like to eat, honey? Well, well whatever you like. So, so we have this. So first of all, I want to come back to your, your SWOT analysis, taking a, a really hard look at the things that you, your pros, right? And maybe you help me define this or help our listeners understand what that is, but the things that light you up, I would say, the things that give you energy. Um, we have a process, we call them radiators and drains. What helps you to radiate who you are and you feel empowered through? And then the cons, what takes energy from you? Not, things you may not want to eliminate, but things that definitely take more energy from you. Would you characterize it in another way? Yes. So what, what radiates, I'll start with there, and what lights you up is the things that you find the most simple to do or the conversations mm. and the people that you are around where you feel yourself leaning forward and you're engaged in all of that. But that is not something that happens on a regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are so much, I mean, we have to learn to stop being in our heads all the time because a lot of creativity and innovation comes when we're relaxed and we are sitting up straight and just having these general conversations and regular conversations that light us up. Now, on the opposite end, what drains us is the exactly <laughs> what it sounds like when you feel stressed and you're tense or you're, let's say if you're in a 
community, I mean, you're in a meeting at work and there is just something that's not connecting to you after over time. Is it, do you need a change? It's really making you feel tense at all times. You're great. You're a great employee. You have great uh, personal, um, what is it called? Professional feedback from your supervisor, but it's not feeding your soul anymore. It's feeling negative, although it's a great, it, it pays great. You like a lot of your, your, your coworkers, but you're feeling draining. You're feeling that negativity. You don't feel fulfilled at the end of the day. You're looking at the clock every five minutes to seeing if it's almost time to go. So this is perfect. Tell you, yeah. Yeah. Your body will tell you where you, to, where to run and where to retreat from. If you are tuned in. Yes. So I want to pivot a little bit. So we've got this kind of foundation of kind of getting the sense of the things that you, you know, that, that give you energy, feed you very easy to do and the things that are opposite of that. And I think another angle, and, and I'm not sure how you do this in your work, but um, value systems, right? Getting to understand your own value systems. And yeah. can you speak to where that fits into this process? Yes. So I call that during the self-analysis is really breaking down your personality identifiers. Mm -hmm. What are your characteristics? What are your traits? What are your values? How did you um, experience it? All of those things and even more add up to making who we are. Okay. So if we um, understand what our values are, we, just like a company, what is, what's the value? What's my values? Now, when we're applying for or looking for a company to work for, to support, do the values line up? with your personal values, according to their values? Do you ask questions and say, okay, what about professional development? Do you offer this? No, we don't offer that. Do you provide mentorship? No, we don't provide mentorship. Um, do you uh, provide um, uh, professional uh, um, expansion, succession planning, and all of those to make sure things are moving along? If they say no, then those values do not line up with your personal values. Yes. Okay. And, and a lot of times what I see, maybe you've seen this, uh, maybe you have an example or two, um, people operate on a value system unaware. So they're making decisions, they're behaving in a specific way um, because there's, an un, there's, a, there's a buried value mm -hmm. or a, a conflict of values, like com a set of competing values. So I want to jump out of the airplane and experience, you know, a parachuting like moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to put myself where I might lose my life. So <laughs> you've got this tension, right? And Same time sometimes. And, <laughs> right, right. Uh, or, or, or it could be, you know, something a little different of, you know, we, we need to grow revenue, but we don't want to spend money, okay? It, 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 competing values come up in a lot of different places. We, we want to invest in growing um, a business, but we want to be home and we want to have good quality time with our children and our families. Mm -hmm. And so you can, you can allocate this whole idea of work-life balance. You can try to create balance or you can acknowledge that one value has to precede another 
in a particular period of time. And so <clears throat> understanding your value system and what is important to you in a very foundational level um, from my work has really enabled people to be adaptive yeah. because when you know who you are, making those kinds of decisions mm -hmm. and being able to swerve through things that are coming at you becomes a little bit easier or even a lot easier because you internally understand how you're set up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I love what you said about an organization, right? Do you, are you aligned with an organization? And if you don't know who you are at a very you know, intimate level, it's gonna be difficult to compare to your environment. Mm -hmm. You might feel something, right? You might feel really aligned, but you don't know why. You might feel really disconnected, but you don't know why. And then when something changes, you get a, we get we can it's very easy to get confused. Mm -hmm. I, I so, totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And and you know what? That's where the adaptability comes in again, because if they're not aligning and things are not working out, you we we as individuals have decisions to make. Is it time to move on? Yes. I want to take a moment here because I'm I just crafted a draft article on celebrating separations Ooh. and specifically on uh, for an organization, for an employee, you know, we, we've been under this model of um, skills based framework, right? I, I have a, I have a, I have a business function. I need a skill. And so it's skill and role based. So we hire somebody, they're a graphic designer, right? They fill a graphic design role mm -hmm. and they sit in that role and then they become a, a lead and then a senior, right? But then they hit a plateau because the company is looking at them as a graphic designer. Oh, yes. Well, what we need really is, is so that's the, that's the kind of the model I think we're in, the framework. And, and I framed it in a different way to say, we, we really need a, a goals framework. So, somebody comes in and they have some graphic design skills, they have a desire to develop graphic design skills. So there, and we need a graphic design, right? So we have an alignment right there. But then when that person hits that plateau, if the manager is effective, they're gonna say, oh, this person actually wants to, to lead their own agency someday. That's right, that's right. And, and now we have to ask ourselves, do we have capacity to help them take with, because their, their design skills, right, have hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. They know how to interact with a client, they know how to deliver a product, but they don't have any idea how to run an agency. That's right. And so we may say, you know what, we love you, your work has been fantastic, but I would have to release somebody in order for you to be able to learn how an agency is run. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is I have a network of people I'd, I'd love to give you a recommendation where you may fit to get the next level of skill that you need. And so, and if, if everybody understands their values, right, mm -hmm. that person isn't going to just sit there collecting a paycheck being frustrated. Right. They're going to know, I have a goal. I want to open my own agency. I've maxed out my position here. And now it's time for me to move on. 
That's right. And it can be a celebration. It doesn't have to be, okay, I'm never going to have any nice things to say about them. Exactly. And that that is a beautiful story because I can relate to that so much um, when I was working in a nonprofit organization. And in order to create the value of community, culture, um, productivity, um, you know, accountability, interest for everyone in the organization, it was bringing people around the table when we hired, okay, as the human resource director there, as we hired, it wasn't just, oh, she's in this department or he's in that department and she's only gonna work for him or her. It was bringing various levels of individuals that work there that you can interact with. And we would set up those questions to saying, okay, it's not just where do you wanna be in five years? What, what strengths do you wanna grow in five mm -hmm. years? Exactly, yes. And that I think is the next level, the next space for work, right? It's one of the components in, in how we change the way people work mm -hmm. is looking at it rather than you're, you are a title and a skill and you're kind of pigeonholed into that to you have a professional goal, but you're not going to know that if you haven't done the deep work of what you really want, That's right. you have a professional goal and that goal aligns with the business need at this point in time. That's it. And it's okay if that alignment changes in a year or two, right? It's okay. Someone else may move on in that position and you can fit right in there. If the employer yes. has the interest of making sure that we are growing and we're interested in your development, whether you serve us or not, because as the company grows, you never know, come back because I have space for you in this function right now and it all works it, again it doesn't have to be negative like you said greg but it has to be intentional and it has to with the hire with the goal mm -hmm. setting and with the outcome that's going to give the employer a great place to work because they're going to if they if people know it's a great place to work they're going to say this is a great place to work and recommend people that can fulfill their needs and they're always going to be connected. Excellent, excellent. So Gigi, what other thoughts do you have on this topic of kind of internal awareness and how that, um, let's, let's talk about how that supports a personal or professional brand mm -hmm. for an executive. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yes. So we have, if you're in a larger company or a medium-sized company and you have a man management line, senior management line, executive management lines, the thing is, of course, we want to be able to keep employees. It's better to retain those employees and grow. Although there's a disconnect with sometimes funding and, and the ability to, um, to uh, invest in those things. Uh, um, in that growth, especially during times of COVID. But one thing I want to say, it's not good to put that off, okay? It is good to mm -hmm. invest in your employees. And whether you decrease travel, you know, you do a lot more things virtual, invest in the company growth for the human capital that we have. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that when I talk to be people about wanting to either build their own brand and start their own company as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or 
managers that want to move them into the senior management or partner level, you know what? Um, there's non-spoken uh, 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 actions that go on there, right? So you have to be able to present yourself with authority, approachability, credibility, likability, and dependability. Mm. All of those abilities. And that starts with making sure that you look and feel good every single day. Whatever that means to you. It doesn't mean that you come in scruffy one day and then you come in with t-shirts and a jeans on the next day. If you have an eye on that corner office or you have an eye on securing clients and leads, you're always to represent yourself first because this is this uh, research that's called the seven second rule. Okay. Tell me about the seven second rule. I'll tell our listeners because I've heard, I know you've talked about this before. Yes. The seven second rule is whether you're walking into a networking event or any place, we all judge, right? Every single one of us judge, whether it's um, intentional or non-intentional. So when you walk into a room and you are um, walking with great nonverbal community or posture, you're feeling as if you're welcoming, you are approachable, all of those things, and you look the part, people are going to remember that. If you walk in stumbling in that first impression within that seven seconds, no matter who you are, when you first meet someone, they're making a judgment about you within seven seconds. And not over 90% of the time, that judgment will never change. It's mm -hmm. just the way we are wired as humans. So being self-aware, again, it's taken back to where we began, being self-aware, understanding our goals and our intentions. Um, I don't like to call it necessary strategy. It's strategy if you're doing it in a way that may be a little manipulative, right? But if you're doing it out of this is who I am, you're going to get positive returns on that. And people are going to feel that. Our emotions are much stronger than we give credit for. They're going to know that you're being authentic and this is who you are. So that seven second rule and the 11 judgments that are being made during that time within seven seconds is crazy. So what are, what are some of those 11 judgments? They, they look at your, of course, your outer, where are you from? They look at your belief system. They may think about your belief system. Are you dressed very um, uh, uh, eccentric? Are you very conservative? You know, are, do you have a lot of tattoos? Are you uh, a scary person? Um, are, do you, what, are you, what are your values? If you got tattoos, some people think that you have different type of values than they would. And some people that are tattooed are some of the most nicest people I've ever met, you know? But so as human beings, we make these split-second judgments yes. about other people. Yes. And they could be even prejudiced, right? I mean, because okay. we're 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 filtering, essentially, we're filtering mm -hmm. who we want to socialize with. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And and so our brain is doing this at a very high speed. Sometimes we're conscious of it, sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. 
And as an executive, as somebody that wants to have a position of influence, a position of respect, or if they want to advance their own mission, right, you need to be creating the kind of um, judgments you want people to make about you. Exactly. You know what? I like to say, I'm in control of my brand. I will not give you the space to make the judgment that I do not I do not want to be made about me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I look the part, then that gives me that extra seven seconds to introduce myself. Right. <laughs> Let's say extra seven seconds to right. introduce myself. So you can get the entirety in a very short pe- period of time in that elevator pitch to be able to not only appreciate what, I can offer to you as an interpersonal style, as executive coach, style coach, teacher, whatever, but you did not judge me before I was able to tell you who I am for who I am. Right. So what I think think is really interesting, I want to try to tie this thread together, is when we've done the deep work and we know who we are and the energy that we, what gives us energy, what takes it away, when we understand our own preferences and when we are clear on our objectives, right? We can present ourselves in a, in a way that prioritizes those things. Right. And the people that we really do need to connect with, mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to get caught up in something that isn't true because they're going to, you know, there's an authenticness, right? There's an authenticity. Right. And the folks that we really don't need to connect with, either we or they will filter us out. Oh, that is such a great point, Greg. And you know what? We are still in control of that. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I Mm -hmm. had training in my uh, 2019 with the Chamber of Commerce. And I wore a tuxedo blazer, you know, Mm -hmm. horrible tuxedo blazer for a woman. And I had on a skirt that was below my knee and mm-hmm. it was a sequin. So it was sparkly and mm-hmm. it was, you know, all of it was tailored. It was fitted. It was appropriate. So I took a chance and wore that to the chamber of commerce where I was teaching a lunch and learn. It was one of my ways of mm-hmm. filling out how this would turn out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big chance to take this, right? So I, you know, went through the training. It was amazing. People asked questions and I received the surveys when they returned. Um, The bank that sponsored the, the Lunch and Learn was excited about it. I could tell people who were walking in, they were looking at me at that seven second rule, like what is going on here? Someone was like, great, oh my God, this is gonna be exciting. So different personality types, all of that. In the end, I received a 97.6% approval rating. Wow. From that training. And let me tell you what I came up with. Number one, again, I was self-aware and I was authentic. I was intentional by drawing, it was uh, 48 people in the room. And I was drawing the people that would like what I'm saying, 
and, and agree with what I'm telling them to me. Mm-hmm. I was releasing anyone that did not understand my values. So exactly. there was without having to speak, mm-hmm. right? So there was one person that said um, on the, the survey feedback, she said, the information was great. She was knowledgeable. It was very interesting, but I found myself distracted by the skirt, the sequency looking skirt. And I said, thank you. You're not my client. <laughs> right. You're not my client. Because if you, this is, even though we know people make judgments, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But when you have to set your standard, I'm pulled together. I have one appropriate clip. It's just a little sequence in this skirt. And that will change someone's thought. Even though the information was great, it will change someone's thought and they will go in the opposite direction. I mean, this opens a lot. And, and, and we only have a couple minutes left to, to our time here together. But I think what we, we have to recognize in the market today mm-hmm. is marketing is a huge deal. Okay, marketing is a huge deal. And there's a lot of competition in the market. A lot of competition in the market in, in various industries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people make decisions. You know, we're, we're in the business world, we're taught like logic, right? You know, show me the business case, show me the business case. But the reality is we make decisions on an emotional level. And we, we you know, the more executive we are, the, the more we need a business case to validate our emotional decision. Right. Right. We're trying to be objective as executives. We try as much as we can. But if you have the pick from a couple different vendors and one of them loves wine and golf and you're a wine enthusiast and a golfer, the reality is, is you're likely to go with that vendor. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to go with that vendor based on their affinity with you. Mm-hmm than on what they're actually delivering. We don't like to acknowledge that. We don't like to acknowledge that, but that is a reality. And what I'm hearing you talk about, uh, Gigi, is when we do the work of getting to understand ourselves and being able to showcase that and to own that, and for lack of a better term, to wear it on our sleeve, then the people that are gonna work with us we attract and the people that were not going to work with us, we don't attract. Exactly. So fantastic conversation. Um, so looking forward to working with you and continuing to build on what we've already started here. Um, Gigi, if somebody wants to find, learn more about um, image consultancy, where would they go? Yes, they can reach me at my, on my website at www dot camisol k-a-m-i-s-o-l dot net uh, we work with individuals for interpersonal styling and confidence we work with businesses to help them increase their brand awareness and their distinctiveness in the market excellent gg again thank you and uh we'll be wow. in touch soon thank you so much greg Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. Again, my name is Greg Ballard and thank you for listening.